This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, I hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, April the 27th, and our top story today is that two men who spat in a woman's face in Margate before smashing a glass bottle on a shop worker's head as he came to help her have avoided being sent to prison. Now, a court heard people fled after one of them also waved a saw around in Northdown Road. The 22- and 27-year-olds have both been given a suspended sentence. Well, Sean Axtell is our reporter at Canterbury Crown Court and sat through this case for us. Particularly nasty one then, Sean. Firstly, can you tell us exactly what happened? Now, the pair had been drinking for two days when they'd rampaged down Northdown Road in Margate bystanders fled as Tyrone Philpot, 27, waved a saw around and he was shouting, who is going to take me on? This is at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, he came across a woman. She was alone and he made lurid remarks and gestures towards her. But she was pretty unfazed. So he ran over and he spat in her face and then brandished his belt. She was scared that he was going to hit her with it. Then a nearby shopkeeper went to help her and Philpot of Marlow Road in Margate punched and kicked him. Then his friend, Lewis Jameson, 22 from the avenue in Hurston near Canterbury, jumped in and bottled the man on the back of the head. And he was treated at a nearby hospital for a wound and it was sealed with surgical glue. Um, He didn't make any statements to the court, but the woman did say that she still suffers anxiety going out to this day. Now, it was back in May 2019, wasn't it? What was said in court about the delay in getting it to this stage? They didn't go into much detail about these delays in court other than it wasn't due to the defendant's fault. I mean, bearing in mind here, they both pleaded guilty at an early opportunity. But what we do have to remember is COVID did foist more delays on the court system, which is already under huge pressure from budget cuts and court closures and reduced sitting hours. Uh, And with all cases, there are so many moving parts and it only takes a delay in one area to postpone a whole case. And and here, the judge said their behaviour would usually land them in custody. But he added that he had to have regard to all of the circumstances of the case. And as I mentioned, both have been given suspended sentences. What did the judge say about the reasons why? He alluded to their personal mitigation, pressures on the prison system mid-pandemic and also the passage of time because... In British law, it's a proper mitigation in the defendant's favour if there are significant delays to bring a case in front of the court, which which isn't the fault of the defendants themselves. Is that something you're seeing quite regularly at the moment then? Uh, I am seeing the passage of time being used more often by defence lawyers, yes. Um, But also uh, last year, the Court of Appeal ruled that there's a public interest in keeping the prison population down to avoid jails from becoming COVID hotspots. It was in a case called R versus Manning. Uh, Now, that that isn't to say that people aren't sent to prison. It just means uh, judges must exercise additional caution when potentially sending those people into custody. Sean, thanks ever so much. Kent Online News. 
Kent MP says Iran is holding a mother hostage after Nazanin Zaghari Radcliffe was jailed for another year. The charity workers already spent five years in prison after being accused of spying on authorities, which she has always denied. Her husband believes she'll be detained there until the UK resolves a long-running debt dispute with Tehran. Tunbridge and Morning's Tom Tugendhat chairs the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, who was on Sky News earlier, who asked why Nazanin was still being held. They claim that it's about a £400 million debt that the British government absolutely agrees uh, that it owes to the Iranian government. The only reason it hasn't been paid back is because the Iranian government is sanctioned. When the American government gave back a similar sum a number of years ago, the Iranian government released six Americans and a few months later took another six. So this is simply a means of doing business by the Ayatollahs and a way of extracting leverage on other countries. And by the way, you know, there's a German who's being held, there was an Australian. This is how the Iranian government behaves. It's not just about uh, the debt. And so settling the debt, I'm afraid, though it may bring temporary release, would not be a long-term solution. No, but it, it may bring, well, temporary release in some respects. It may bring permanent release for Nazanin. It could do. And, you know, many of us support uh, settling the debt, but that's a separate matter. Unless, of course, you think it's an acceptable form of uh, international diplomacy to take hostages. We happen to think that's a bad way of conducting business. Uh, and I, I would hope that, I'm, in fact, I would be absolutely certain that your viewers think it's an absolutely horrific way of conducting business. And so the Iranian government needs to decide whether it wants to behave like a mafia hit squad or like a responsible government. Security is going to be stepped up around Medway Maritime Hospital following what's been described as a credible threat to the NHS Trust. Police have told staff they're planning to increase their presence at the site in Gillingham amid reports on social media of a pre-planned protest. It apparently comes after the death of a man on Saturday night, although officials have not confirmed if that's related. A drink driver from Kent who was involved in a 124-mile-per-hour police chase before causing a head-on collision has been jailed. At kentonline.co.uk, you can see the moment Leon Karolukas drives away from officers in Sussex before later crashing into another car. The 34-year-old from East Street in Hunton has been locked up for more than three and a half years. A County Lines drug dealer who travelled on high-speed trains to target users in Medway has been jailed for four years. The 22-year-old from London was found at Ebbsfleet Station in January with 90 wraps of crack cocaine in his underwear. Now, if you're aged 42 and over, you can now book a COVID vaccine in Kent. For the second time in two days, the booking system has been extended to allow more healthy adults to have their first jab. Here's Health Secretary Matt Hancock. I'm very excited to be able to tell you that today we are opening vaccination up to people aged 43 and 42, which includes me. So I'm really looking forward to getting my text. Yesterday we opened up to people aged 44. That's gone very, very well. Thank you to the, to the hundreds of thousands who've come forward and booked your appointment. And now we're able to go uh, that little bit uh, further. This vaccination rollout is going incredibly well. The uptake is astonishingly high. So when you get your text, please come forward 
and get your jab. Yep, that means me too. More than 33 million people in the UK have now had at least one dose. Staying with COVID news and a Kent MPs calling for better access to green spaces so we can improve our mental health. Chatham and Aylesford's Tracy Crouch has been leading a debate in Westminster today and says a local woodland or park has been critical to help us get through lockdown. I'm pleased, Mr Davis, that both the government and society as a whole have made great strides in the last few years with improving the awareness of mental health and well-being. However, there is always more that we can and should be doing and coming out of the pandemic as we are now provides an opportunity for a greater focus on, on both with nature at its centre. It is without doubt that the lockdowns over the past year have had an adverse impact on people's mental health. However, access to nature, whether that be a local woodland, a waterway or park, have been critical in providing a brief moment of normality for so many of us. Around nine in 10 people surveyed by Natural England in May 2020 agreed that natural spaces are good for mental health and well-being. And while I think it would be fair to make the assumption that we have spent more time outdoors over the last year, it is essential to remember that people, that many people do not have the luxury of access to a private garden and rely on public spaces. Over 11 million people in England live in areas deprived of local green space and one in eight people across Great Britain have no access to a garden, private or shared, with more of us expected to live in towns and cities over the coming years, I believe that now is a crucial moment to ensure that nature is put at the forefront of our local communities. Creating a new oasis for nature and protecting existing green spaces for people to relax and enjoy. Emergency repairs have been carried out after more than a dozen homes had to be evacuated in Canterbury because of a gas leak. Littlebourne Road has now reopened and power has also been restored to properties after it happened yesterday evening. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. Now, you may have heard that football clubs and organisations are planning to have a social media blackout this weekend. The FA and Premier League are among those who are going to stop using their accounts from Friday afternoon until Monday morning. They say it's to put the likes of Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under pressure to do more about online hate messages. But will it work? Zoe Cairns is a social media expert from Rochester. If it's just over three to four days, then, you know, that will have an effect then. But it, it could still happen afterwards, but it will still happen. You know, we've, we've seen this in the past where people have done blackouts, they've done campaigns and boycotts, and still it's carrying on. So the social media giants need to start filtering, you know, these tweets and these posts to make sure it doesn't continue to happen. Should more high-profile people on social media follow suit, do you think? I think it, it really depends, and it's it's going to stop it for that period of time while they come off. You know, when they come off and they do the blackout, it's going to it's going to take that offline. People aren't going to experience it over that term. But when they do come back, it's not going to prevent the people from carrying on trolling and cyberbullying in the way that they're doing at the moment. What could be done by big social media companies to try and reduce online abuse and trolling? 
what can be done is making sure that they're filtering, you know, posts that are going out. And at the moment, there's so many tweets, there's so many posts that do go out every second, every minute, every hour. And for them to be able to filter every single one and check every single one, it must be a, you know, a massive task. But they need to start thinking about how they could put things into place to make sure that this does, you know, start to have an impact on, on the filtering of messages to, to prevent this from happening. It's affecting people's mental health. You know, we, we can see by what's going on in the news, it's affecting people in, in a bad way. Developers have finally revealed the name of a 16-storey block of flats in Ashford two years after it was first proposed. The 207 apartment project near Beaver Road has been dubbed the town's shard, but is now officially known as Infinity Ashford. It's been named after John Wallace, the Ashford-born mathematician who created the infinity symbol. A fundraiser's been set up to help people fight plans to build an airfield near Deal. A group of enthusiasts want to build two hangars and a runway, but some residents say it will lead to lots of noise and ruin wildlife habitats. Old shipping containers could be used as a new seafood restaurant in Whitstable. The people behind the idea want to put two units on top of each other at the site of a former engine shed in South Quay. It's hoped it would boost the oyster industry and create jobs in the town. And at Kent Online today, you can see what the inside of the Theatre Royal in Chatham used to look like. Yesterday, we told you how part of the building has now been converted into luxury flats. Well, back in the day, it played host to some of the biggest names, including Stan Laurel and Charlie Chaplin. Kent Online Sport. Football and Dover Athletic are going to go part-time next season. Manager Andy Hessenthaler has committed his future to the club and will also go part-time. He's admitting moving forward with the side is going to be a challenge and tough, but they will readjust. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can, of course, subscribe to the IM News app and that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.